You're listening to Page by Page on the Let's Hear It Network, where I'm talking to Granger Wilson about farms, fantasy, and Bilbo Baggins' family tree. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Page by Page on the Let's Hear It Network. I am so excited. I can't tell you how excited I am because I'm staring at the face, the virtual face of Granger Wilson, who's on the podcast today. So Granger, thank you so much for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me in this amazing, can I just say the space that we're in right now, this (laughs) like just unbelievably professional recording studio, uh, multi, I'm going to say multi-billion dollar equipment it's multi-billion yeah. it's multi-billion for now and as the recording progresses it multi-trillion gets trillion, yeah trillion multi-trillion yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i actually but, so my setup right now is just is is just billion but then i'm hoping for multi-billion just like my, my hobby oh, my home hobby setup your hobby yeah. your home hobby setup yeah. well it, it's it, it it projects like a trillion so yeah that's keep cool it up. that's cool that's good yeah um my i my microphone is covered in frosting if that's context for anyone yeah my the the microphone i'm using which i don't know if i can take this when we're done but mine is actually covered in gold leaf frosting (laughs) so so it's it's actually cooler pretty nice he's actually a lot cooler (laughs) well that's the reason i'm having green drawn is because he is a lot cooler than me and a lot cooler than uh, a lot of people out there but who's to say what does that even mean you know what Uh, scratch that um but I do want to say that Granger is very cool because uh, he is just for his inner light and which is a great episode of Star Trek. Oh, which my God. We can also discuss. Yeah. Inner light's amazing. But um, Granger radiates a, a wonderful magnetic energy and he is a um, videographer. He's just a video maven, I will say, an artist, a musician. And look, there might be some hot hot takes happening at some point i'm gonna i'm gonna put on my journalist hat and try to extract some really great info from granger are you gonna do gotcha questions we agreed no gotcha question (laughs) this entire interview is gonna be an exercise in gotcha journalism. only or is is gotcha journalism or gotcha journalism where you like put a coin in a machine and try to get like an article out of it i don't know that's nothing That could be. Yeah. You know what? I'm. That's part of the billion dollar setup is that we've got a lot of toys and machines. <laughs> it's and a lot of merch. Yeah. A lot of merch. A lot of things here. Um, but anyway, Granger, so happy that you can be here. So thank you again for coming. And we're just going to chit chat around. Yeah. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you, so like... What was it like growing up Granger? Yeah, growing up Granger, coming uh, this fall to ABC Family. Um, yeah, first, that's the first scoop of the day. Yeah, the, the uh, first hour. scoop of the day is that I have an exclusive uh, uh, deal with ABC Family to produce my new show, Growing Up Granger. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about my childhood. And I'll give you a little mm-hmm. sneak peek here. Yeah, so I grew up in California. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, this guy surfs. This guy is a yes. longboarder. This guy, you know, knows celebrities. Yeah, but yes, uh, that's not actually the case. <laughs> so, well, okay, my head's spinning because I was feeling like a shooby here. So you're gonna have to fill us in. Yeah. So basically, uh, there's this part of California that's up north in, and it's called Northern California, um, <laughs> and it's. I'm gonna use a little term the locals use. It's hella cool. 
It's actually Whoa. it's actually hella cool. Uh, and it's also hella uh, it's hella rural. Let hella me try rural. let me try that again. Hella rural. <laughs> um, so Northern California is hella rural and you grew up there, grow up grew up Granger in this place called Northern California. Yeah, I grew up in a town called Laytonville, California, which is uh, I think the t- the population as of the 2020 census was bleh, I don't know, twelve hundred people, something like that. So not a okay. not a big town, not a not a not a tiny town. I've definitely seen mm-hmm. towns, you know, that are smaller. Granger's seen a lot of towns in various <laughs> sizes. Yeah, that's another. That's my other show for the Travel Channel is Granger's seen a lot of towns in various sizes. <laughs> um, yeah, so the town I grew up in was really tiny. It was like one of the like weed capitals of the world. Um, really yeah it was a place that we called the emerald triangle where it's like trinity county mendocino county and lake county maybe humboldt county is the other one uh they're like the the weed growing capitals of california um so yeah i grew up in a kind of weird kind of wild west environment yeah like because wasn't there was there a netflix special about the that the emerald triangle like is there a lot of is there a lot of i did not watch it but is there a lot of like crime related to marijuana sales in the area i think you're talking about murder mountain on netflix oh shit i am which is am i totally wrong no that's yeah that's like near where i grew up it's not the same town but that's like a little farther north i think that was in humboldt county if i'm not mistaken i haven't watched it either okay um, okay. Yeah, it was a weird place to grow up because, you know, there's a lot of like, uh, like my neighbor at one point got arrested with like 40,000 plants and got taken wow. in by like the DEA and stuff. And the whole economy was, you know, based around weed. So mm-hmm. it just now it's like a weird thing because it's been legalized and a lot of the money in it is gone. So the town's very different. But um yeah, weird, weird place to grow up. That, weird, to be a, weird that, place to be a kid. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because so I, a couple questions about that. So like, were you aware that marijuana was a big cash crop growing up? Was it everywhere? Yeah. When I was a kid, my mom had a money plant. You know, those like, they're like yeah. plants with a little like disc kind of coin like leaves. And mm-hmm. I was like, aware of the fact that there was a plant that people grew for money, and that it was illegal. And I told my mom, I was like, we got to get rid of this money plant. <laughs> we got to get rid of this thing. This is, we can't have this in the house where you're going to get arrested. You're going to go to jail. Um, oh. It never happened. And I didn't realize that my mom was also growing weed, you know, in the backyard or whatever. <laughs> you're like staring at the money plant when all around you is just a field yeah. of like the, nugs. The, the quote unquote tomato garden out back. <laughs> um, I think but, I... So- I was just going to say, I I was aware of it. And I think that like, I didn't, I didn't like engage with marijuana at all for a long time. Cause I, um, it was like a weird, you know, I grew up around this side of that industry where it's like, you're seeing bad stuff happening and a, and a town getting impacted by it. And like, I don't know, not to be a downer, but I was like, I just didn't really want to engage with that because I was aware of that side of it. And then you know, now it's now it's like cool and hip and it's legalized in New York and all that stuff. So, yeah, well, that that is really interesting because you had a completely different like you were seeing the production side of it at a time when it was illegal and yet a really big part of the local economy. And so now since it's legalization, you said it's really it's affected the town. So I guess has a lot of that production sort of left. I I don't know specific like numbers or yeah. anything, but I know that like 
you know, when it was going for like a couple grand, a couple grand per pound before versus now when it's like, you know, being mass produced in LA and, and, and in like big farms around the place or around the, around the state, like obviously now there's, there's less money in it for individual farmers who were growing, you know, out in the middle of the woods somewhere. Um, right. That makes a lot of sense. But also like, I think, you know, there's obviously a push for like, hey, let's make sure that this trillion dollar industry doesn't become something that's just held by like big corporations and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if that kind of thing is actually happening. But my hope would be that there's a push for like smaller farmers, and like people impacted by the war on drugs and all that to, you yeah. know, those people to actually be able to make money off of the industry. Um, but yeah, growing up, I wasn't thinking about any of this stuff. I was just like, <laughs> the cops are gonna arrest my mom for having a money plan. <laughs> What were what so what were you thinking about growing up? Like what were you like as as a kid? I was and, yeah yeah. I was a I was just like I was actually talking about this yesterday. I grew up in like one of the most beautiful places in the world, in my opinion. You know, in the yeah. redwoods, just like these like mystical forests and magical like yes. And I, the whole time I was just like, fuck this! I don't want to be here. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> and like. Now I live in New York and it's look I love New York but there's no redwood trees there's no like <laughs> mystical forests even when I go no. like hiking it's like yeah it's nice but it's not you know it's not that so I think that I was growing up being like I got to get out of here is like you know very much the the kid in a small town uh the yeah like the 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 it's it's the like fantasy book beginning of like boy on farm wants to leave and join the wizards and all that stuff and i feel yes. like that was my that was kind of my my whole vibe growing up and now that i'm in the you know wizard city or whatever i'm like man i wish i could just go hang out in the woods for a little while because it it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of cement here there's a lot of buildings here but <laughs> Yeah, very few redwoods, and yeah. it's it's very um, if if any at all. Uh, but it's funny that you should bring up that kind of like fantasy stuff because we are both big fans of the Wheel of Time series, oh my and God. that's like legitimately exactly how it starts. Is like a young a young boy named Rand who's just a farmer oh. uh, in a in Edmund's field, and then he goes on a wild adventure and becomes the Dragon Reborn. And are you? I'm only on book four. Okay, are you excited for the Amazon Prime TV series that's being made. I had no idea there was a series being made. Oh my god. This is an exclusive for page. This is exclusive <laughs> page page by page for page exclusive. I think uh, I think a lot of people know about this already, but it's an exclusive okay. for you. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's it's uh it looks great. It's got Rosamund Pike as uh Moraine, which is Oh, yes. Amazing. Please. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you should look up the whole cast cuz it looks really cool. And uh i i have low expectations only because if it's bad it'll break my heart so i'm just trying to keep my yeah. expectations low um and also amazon prime is making it which feels <laughs> you know what it, uh, what is this the dark one making the <laughs> well who's uh, producing this uh, uh, beelzeman the forsaken are uh are jeff the bezos yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, That's what this podcast is for the rest of the for the rest of the time. It's just you and I yeah. mostly going oh, and then just trying to think uh, of very specific wheel of time. Yeah, Taishar Manetherin. So anyway, now that no one is listening, um, we can get back I, to the interview. It's been a long time since I read Wheel of Time. I read it in I listened to the audiobooks uh, read by the fantastic Kate Redding and Michael Kramer, mm. best audiobook narrators of all time. And it took me like a year, a little over a year to get through all of them. And I started rereading them in book form uh, maybe like two or three years ago and then dropped off after book three. But I would, I would really love to get back into the Wheel of Time because... I don't remember a lot of the stuff that happens in it. I just remember those little weird phrases like Taishar Manetherin. <laughs> it's a lot of like, um, it, it um, for any fantasy book enthusiasts out there, it's, it's probably, it's very well, a very well-known series, but it's, it's, it feels very, um, some of the language feels very elven and it's like lots of apostrophes, oh, yeah. like Ta'el Duran Duran or something. That, I'm pretty sure that was just a lyric to a song <laughs> or something that I just said. But um, but this is interesting. Like, do you have you always had an interest in fantasy? And I'm 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 interested in this kind of like you grew up in almost a fantastical world that you wish to escape. And like, have you always did you escape into fantasy books or like sci-fi for that matter? Because we're talking kind of like yeah, fantasy. Fantasy. I, I actually I don't think I read that much as a kid. Like I I wasn't like a bookworm kid. Yeah, and I was I I watched a lot of movies as a kid because I wanted to work in the film industry, and then, like you know, went to college and was uh, <laughs> shown the harsh realities of the world and disillusioned. Decided, yeah, disillusioned it. by that. But I, I I definitely read a lot of I I really loved the uh, His Dark Materials series. That was like you know, the, I've never read that. Oh my god, it's it's amazing. It's highly recommend it. It's just like young adult novel about a couple of kids who decide to kill god so just light <laughs> that sounds light and fun Dude, yeah. ya novels are sometimes the darkest of all novels yeah it's also definitely not ya it was just like mar- oh, okay. it was it was marketed as ya but it's like okay <laughs> it's it's a weird it's a good series though i actually just got a copy of the first book because i want to reread it um hell yes but uh yeah i've been i i think that i grew up like with that sort of like imagination that you have as a kid and you can just like go out in the woods and like I'd we my family for some reason has a lot of swords and like bows and arrows that are like very real and very sharp and we would just like go off (laughs) in the woods and like play pretend with swords and bows and arrows and things like that and like incredible slingshots and uh other dangerous items, knives. I guess a lot of throwing <laughs> knives. I remember, I have ver- what the fuck environment. I, I have very distinct memories of getting yelled at by my mom because I lost some of her throwing knives. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> "You have your own throwing knives. Take those out instead of using my nice ones." And I'm like, "Okay, mom." <laughs> All right, mom. I'll get my throwing <laughs> knives. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Like, is there a reason? And your mother sounds like a really cool lady. Like my mom. We can get into my mom. My mom. Let's talk about your mom. T- my mom constantly tells me about all of the antlers that she has stashed around the house that are sharpened in case, quote unquote, in case there's an intruder, she can <laughs> grab an antler from a deer and fight back. 
against intruders. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that is an strategically even, that's an epic placed. battle. Yeah. Strategically placed. So she could has she sharpened them herself? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. They didn't come. They didn't come sharpened. Yeah. No. She, it's hard she, to find she, she sharp. Took that action. Yeah. I mean, some of them are pretty sharp, actually. I guess, you know, that's what nature made them for. Um, but yeah, she's she's an interesting person. She's uh, she's one of the most, like, you know, Disney princess-like people I know in the way that she, like, communes with nature. She, like, yeah. she has, she lives in the middle of nowhere where I grew up and, like, has close friends that are turkeys. She raised a wild boar from being a piglet until it was like Aww. ready to go out and live its wild boar lifestyle. She like <laughs> hangs out with this fox that lives in the barn that like comes up and talks to her sometimes. And she'll be like, I was talking to the fox earlier. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Um, yeah. She's a, I'm very curious as to the content of their conversations. It's a lot of, I think it's just like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> That's what Fox is. And your mom like. being like, that was a pretty good Fox impression. <laughs> and your mom is just like, wow, yeah. you, you said it. Interesting point. Yeah. Great. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she's, uh, she's, a, she's a really wonderful lady. She's, she's a little out there, both uh, physically, uh, you know, out there in the middle of nowhere. And also yes. just like, is a, it, she's not necessarily of this earth all the time, I'll say. I think she's, yes. she's got different priorities than a lot of humans, which I like. That's cool. She's between two planes in yeah. a way. And she, that's, that, my mom's uh, intruder plan is she has a hammer on top of the fridge that's been on top of the fridge for like the last 25 years. Yeah. And so it's not strategically placed. It's, she would, she, at her most vulnerable, presumably, she would have to run to the kitchen to get a hammer <laughs> with which to defend herself right. from an intruder. So it's not the best well, it's not the most well laid plan, but maybe I can connect her to your mom and your mom can talk about the antler positioning and they can swap yeah. tips. My mom is, my mom's got a lot of good, like, uh, you know, self-defense tips that relate to, uh, bones and antlers <laughs> so if you want Very any cool. of those i can i feel like you and my mom would actually get along really well of all of my friends i think you would probably get along the best with my mom really that's <laughs> I really a, a think huge so. compliment i would love to <laughs> chat with her and meet the turkey and the fox and like the whole crew yeah um now i know also that you are vegan and do you feel like your upbringing influenced your decision to not eat animals not not really except that i knew a lot of animals like personally yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, you do their personality yeah and it? like i don't know we didn't we i think we only ever had animals that we like slaughtered my brother did because that's his kind of vibe um mm -hmm. maybe like twice when i was living there and okay. it was like a i think a, a sheep and Honestly, I think it was just a sheep. And then we had a goat that my brother, like, sold to someone who then slaughtered it, um, which was a bummer. And, like, you know, the goat was named after my French teacher in high school. So, like, there was sort of a weird oh, fuck. <laughs> sort of a weird uh, aura around that choice. Like, Monsieur Smith, <laughs> like, ended up going yeah. to the I, I won't to say the his cow. I won't say his name, but it was a very human name. So it was weird to be okay. like, what happened to, you know, it's like his name was, like, Jeff jeff richardson or something you know um 
Well, so your brother is really engaged. He's still in, or so you didn't grow up on like a working farm, yeah. but your brother currently works on a farm. Yeah. So I grew up on like a, uh, like a small family farm. My, my mom owned a, the like organic grocery store in town, sort of like the hippie grocery store. And cool. we would sell produce from our farm there. And actually we originally started it as a, like a pumpkin patch where kids would come and pick pumpkins for Halloween. Oh, um, fun. so we did that for a long time and then. Yeah, my brother got really into agriculture as like a ten year old because he's a, you know, he's that kind of person. <laughs> and yeah, he, uh, sure. He used to just like buy, like tractors and old like farming implements from like the twenties and fix them up, and uh, then use those to like grow food on the farm, which was really cool to see. And now, wow. now he's working full time as a. I actually don't know his actual job title but he's like essentially a manager of a of a big farm in the central valley in california um and just like that is so cool yeah it's it's wild to have a view into that uh into that world he also just got elected to i'll plug his his new job here he got elected to president of yolo county young farmers and ranchers which is really cool wow congratulations yeah. to your brother that's fantastic yeah and he just like well, texted me he's like oh, i got elected president of yolo <laughs> county and i was like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> i'm gonna need that second text there buddy because uh <laughs> then you just start getting like new york times alerts that your brother like yeah. there's a new president's been elected it's your brother we actually you and i had a conversation about starting a podcast called was it pop agriculture or pop agriculture pop yes Popcorn. exactly and it yes. was it was a it was a podcast about appearances of corn in the movies. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. And the history there's of a... corn. I think I think Troll Two yeah. alone oh, yeah. oh, could have been a, an eight part episode. I mean <laughs> that uh I still wanna do that because I am very interested in agriculture and I'm also like okay, so I was reading an article I'd I'd like to hear your perspective on this, is that I was reading an article today about Western New York dairy farmers mm-hmm. and uh the dairy industry is going through a very difficult time because a lot for a lot of reasons but in large part because the demand for milk is dropping and there is a new york representative i'm forgetting all the names in this article so forgive me but there's a new york um like local representative who's a vegan and vegan activist and he was like i want the dairy industry to die he's like quoted as saying that and there's like these western new york farmers and a a woman who is a representative for them saying like you know like well we are dying like literally like this is the it's it's not um a turn of phrase like people are dying and it's a really really challenging time just because like farms are going under and there's all this like conglomeration and I'm wondering like how do you as someone who um, is passionate about or at least has a family member who's very passionate about agriculture and I presume that you are as well and like what do you think about that like what do you think about where um, farms that produce animal products like what is the future for them in your eyes yeah this is the gotcha question that you said you weren't gonna yeah no i i don't even know what gotcha journalism really is so i apologize (laughs) i think that yeah i think that like there's a lot of conversation around like agriculture and especially within like plant-based or vegan communities there's a lot of conversation around like animal agriculture and environmentalism there's a lot of conversation around it and i think that it's it's a little bit jaded and it's a little bit counterintuitive to to ignore like the human aspect of it the the workers the people like i think you know one of the biggest arguments 
outside of animal rights for like scaling back or like getting rid of entirely factory farming is like the human rights issues where the workers in those places are like some of the most you know you know they're they're literally dealing with like ptsd from their jobs every day absolutely Um, so i don't know i think it's a little bit it doesn't really help the cause to be like fuck you dairy farmers in the middle of like a depression and i don't know that's it's silly (laughs) and I, i i think that it's hard to because you know then there's issues with like okay almonds almond milk not great yes not great not good for the environment yeah i love it but it's not great you know and i think that this is it's it's really easy to just kind of like take sides in this and be like well i'm vegan so i'm gonna say you know only almond milk from now on and no one should ever drink milk and stuff like that but it's just Mm -hmm. like everything at scale becomes becomes a problem for the environment everything at scale becomes difficult to like manage i read a really good book called just food um Hmm. i'm forgetting the author but it's about it's sort of like looking at all these alternative food movements like organic and locavorism and things like that and just kind of breaking down like yeah this is a great idea but if everyone in the country or everyone in the world or even everyone in the region tries to do that it's going to fall apart because it doesn't it doesn't scale well so i think that yeah i don't know i got away from your original question but it's it's been a weird and difficult year for agriculture with through the pandemic like my brother was dealing with something where they were like we have you know an insane amount of tomatoes that are sitting and we have these warehouses that are usually processing them but if somebody gets sick and that warehouse shuts down we've lost virtually all our revenue for the tomato harvest for this year because they're just going to go bad so i don't know it feels like a weird time to be vilifying farmers it does. And I, I like and I think that the representative apologized for using that specific turn of like uh, specific phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that it's really interesting, like where it's like you don't have to choose between one or the other. You don't have to choose between being an animal lover and also like supporting dairy farmers as human beings and like their right to work the land. I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm personally not vegan, but I I think I would maybe like to be at some point, but I do find it very interesting, just that that conversation. Yeah, I, I think in general, like, it's so much more nuanced than just saying we have to get rid of dairy farming, we have to get rid of animal agriculture, we have to, because I think that those things are true. I think eventually, if we don't change those things, we're just going to continue on this downward slope. And it's such a huge uh, part of the environmental impact of humanity is like, the 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 pollution from animal animal agriculture is is like staggering um yeah but within that actively trying to like destroy but <laughs> i don't it just feels weird it just feels weird and i feel like there's it's all there's kinds of weird i'm not you know i'm not anyone who can like actually put in a plan to to fix these things but it does feel like there's solutions that don't also encourage like people losing their jobs and losing their livelihood and things like that exactly like it's and it feels like similar like people are like okay death to coal or like ending fracking and it's like there's i support those things but there are also human lives at at stake that like need to be we like it the importance of their lives and livelihood and experiences and thoughts feelings opinions on the entire matter are very important rather than just like you're saying making a blanket statement like end of coal like period right now you know i remember something that was some news story about like this is like 
in the recesses of my brain, so I'm probably getting it totally wrong. But I feel like there was a story about like coal miners who were being retrained to work in like coding and tech. Mm-hmm. And it's like those feel like very different things. But you know what? If you're if you're offering people who are losing their jobs because of new environmental regulations a different training and a different job in a sector that's like literally exploding cool like that feels like that feels like a a good program you know because you're you're fixing the problem but you're also making sure that the people who are impacted by that fix are taken care of because otherwise it's like we're just we're just creating more problems and i don't know yeah a hundred a hundred thousand percent god have you ever tried to learn to code i yeah i did i i learned a little bit of c sharp because i was trying to learn how to use unity which is like a game engine and uh made a couple like very small games did some game jams i'm very bad at it most of what i was doing was just watching people's youtube videos and uh you know i guess the word would be stealing (laughs) (laughs) Eh, borrowing learning from learning uh, yeah learning you were learning uh well okay so yeah to totally like switch gears you love video games and you love fantasy and uh i think that that's very cool and we were gonna also maybe talk about like fantasy book covers oh my god which i think is so fascinating (laughs) and i love just the like my boyfriend has been playing a lot of like skyrim recently and i don't know anything about skyrim other than like he's going there's he's going through the world of skyrim and that there are certain people that want to kill and or not Wait, there's like they want to worship Norse. They want to worship some god. I, I'm fucking. You've, you've got this, it. But <laughs> no, that's I, I'm it. I'm with it. I'm hip. I'm hip to it. But he just walks around killing people and then like goes home to his family. Mm-hmm. And um, just why am I talking about this? Let's talk about uh, <laughs> book covers and how fucking dope they are. And uh, do you have any favorite uh, fantasy book covers? I okay. So going back to the Wheel of Time, I think that's yes. where my like love of bad i i use the word bad but i use it in like a loving way like cheesy yes Yes. 80s and 90s tour fantasy book covers i think are some of the best art like the most evocative the most sort of like draw you in make you want to read it i I really love the the wheel of time covers i think that the new ones are fine like the new editions but they just don't have that magic right they don't they don't have this like this sort of like you're in a dusty bookshop and you find this like old paperback and you Mystical. I don't know yeah absolutely like I uh go ahead oh I was gonna say one of my favorite uh fantasy books I've read recently is the uh the uh the Farseer trilogy by Robin Hobb and the covers for those I, we're talking about like visual stuff on a podcast but the covers for those are the new covers are horrendous they're just like mm. they're like a guy standing with like an axe and he just looks uh. like a guy and then there's like a deer behind him and it's like what the old covers from the 80 or from the 90s rather which were uh by Michael Whelan who's like the all-star of the fantasy cover uh industry are amazing they're just like there's like him, the main character fits like shirtless, holding up a sword with a wolf next to him, yes. and there's like a dragon flying in the sky, and it's all it's just insane. Um, and I'm like, what went wrong? What happened between this? When who, which publishing like executive <laughs> looked at this and thought that this wasn't good enough to sell your book? 
A hundred percent. Why is that? What, what was this switch in aesthetic? Because I want to, I want a book cover where I look at it and I'm like in the world. I want there to be a ripped shirt. Mm-hmm. I want there to be like flowing hair. I want there to be a maiden, maybe. I'm talking now. I'm just like a, it's it's quickly becoming like a hypersexualized <laughs> version of a book cover. Is basically oh, what I I'm love that. For. Like the no, like the swords and sorcery, like that kind of like yes. Conan the Barbarian, like big. Yeah, it's it's. I, I love it. I remember um, being in the video store and seeing the covers for like National Lampoon's Vacation. You know, do you remember those old, <laughs> yeah. the old covers with for that? Chevy like Chase, Clark, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whole and like Be- Beverly uh, D'Angelo, like lying a- upon his leg. It's like so good. I, I know I would see those as like a child and just be like, this is a world I want to enter. And then I would watch them and be like, this is not. The, the world that I was led to believe that I was entering, but yeah. I still enjoyed the movies. Yeah, those, those, that artwork and like the, I'm thinking of like other 80s fantasy, like Beastmaster and like, yeah, uh, Willow, those sorts mm-hmm. of like, uh, yeah, movie artwork, book artwork. I love anything that's like hand painted, over the top, super like, yeah, like, weirdly horny sometimes like there's a lot of like super horny it's like it's really fun it's the same as like heavy metal like album covers you know where you're just like okay we're going into this we've got we've got our our visual uh for for what we're gonna experience i'm ready bring me in (laughs) bring me in exactly like i love a book cover that really does like uh, I think some people appreciate book covers that are very, very basic, and so you can like enter the world and create it yourself, like, yeah. and not be be like biased. But I want to, I want to be biased. I want to see like some horny sorceress and like a, yeah. a, a lion or whatever. To that point, I want to say, I think there's a lot of hate for like modern book cover trends right mm-hmm. now in the in the book community. Is there? Yeah. It, there's a lot because like the modern trend is like you have like a photo or like some kind of illustration that's usually kind of busy mm-hmm. or like very colorful and then just like big text on top of it with the name of the book and the author oh that's right okay i've seen a lot of book like covers think that like, like that. i'm trying to think of examples like an absolutely remarkable thing by hank green i think yes, it has that yes, kind yes, of yes or uh what's the one that everyone was the vanishing half has that oh yeah the the big book last year and super big bold block text yeah like atop these yeah everyone hates it i love it i love this design trend it's so fun (laughs) it's so like it feels like the way that you look at the 70s and you let there's that like terrible aesthetic that now feels really great and warm and i just love that vibe i feel like that is what is happening now is we have this like not great design but it's like it's got so much personality and it's so clear of a trend that eventually mm-hmm. we're going to look back on it and be like ah oh, man the oh, the good old days the 2015 to 2021 those were the those were the years those were the years for book covers yeah, yeah. like even if it's not good like it's uh it's still re- like remarkable enough that you're going to remember it yeah definitely like, would you like a conversation pit in your house side note like if you could oh, have my a god yes you would Right? Of course yeah, I of would. Course. Of course you would. Naturally. I, yeah. All I want is to live in the house, one of the houses from The Incredibles. Like uh, that sort of like mid-century, tacky, se- 60s, 70s, the Mad Men houses. That's like oh, my, it's my jam. That's 
hell yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I, that's the aesthetic I want to look I don't think I'm unique in that. I think that's a really popular aesthetic, but. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of us feel the same way, but, uh, but it's still very, very appealing. Um, But so you, anyway, so getting back, way back, back, back. So you like live in New York now. Do you miss, do you really miss like living in Northern California? I don't miss it like as a full-time place to live because I think that especially where I grew up there's literally nothing there like it's just a town and there's you know grocery stores and there's stuff but it's just like there's not like there's no way that I could live there and like have a career necessarily sure sure um I do miss the the like access to nature I miss the sort of character of the town but Mm -hmm. I really love New York. I live in Bed-Stuy. I love Bed-Stuy. Like, I don't know. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. So I think that I miss it to an extent, but I don't miss it enough that I'd want to move back anytime Return, soon. Return, yeah. yeah. Your your journey has begun, and you can think fondly upon the, like, farm from which yeah. you came, but now you're in the, the land of the sorcerers. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hanging out in the Stone of Tear. Uh, <laughs> exactly i'm at that part in the book right now oh actually, my god where rand is in the stone of tear i'm it's really great so good um i, I spoilers also just love... spoilers for <laughs> spoilers the, yeah. he, they take the stone <laughs> they take the stone um i also love in fantasy books when like it they kind of at least in in wheel of time they just shove in and like four pages like a big love confession mm. like elaine confesses her love for rand and it's kind of just like jammed in there yeah. but i really appreciate that i'm they like gotta i don't fit need any in. subtlety yeah, they gotta fit yeah. it in that yeah I'm, I'm interested to see how they adapt the sort of like fawning over rand to tv because yeah. i think that people give robert jordan a lot of flack for his like female characters which i think isn't really fair because he's doing something really specific with it and he's and he's showing you know what does a world look like where women have been in power for a long time and Mm -hmm. continue to be in power and i think that i don't know it probably hasn't aged as well as it could have if it was you know written by a woman potentially but yeah i think it still like it still works but i don't think that amazon is gonna really want to play with like that kind of vibe (laughs) necessarily I don't think I people think they're going to avoid that. Yeah, we'll see. I, it's interesting because it is like a big part of the book, but I don't know. Yeah, for for those who haven't read it, like it's basically like this is a magical source that can only be that can be touched by men and women, but men go mad and like women just control this this source of all kind of magic that turns the wheel of time. Right, and um, there's there's basically like an organization of witches that yes. kind of like run the 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 world and like with their like pol- political maneuverings and things. Um, it's so badass it's so it's, good if you haven't read it read it yeah if you haven't it's, read it read it it's fucking long it's too long <laughs> it's far too long it'll take like you the... two years or more to get through it's it's too much but it's yeah. great um it's definitely worth the read but um i also wanted to ask you about music and what you're doing musically and if you've always been musically inclined and like if there's anything on the horizon yeah um, is this a gotcha is that a gotcha this is a gotcha question too (laughs) yeah so i don't know i play music i play uh i did play in a band called oil it's a country Mm -hmm. music band that fans of of page will know um because we've appeared on her program a couple times and i'm the biggest oil fan girl ever i love oil (laughs) go oil oil is you know we're we were in our twilight years uh Mm -hmm. i think that we were you know 
there were some there were some tensions in the band about who was you know the most handsome or the most talented and we couldn't wow, really yeah I mean we definitely agreed that it was Noah but we didn't really agree <laughs> on why so it was hard for us to continue working together creatively um, but I just a little exclusive here uh, I've been in talks with the boys from oil um, in talks with them yep, amazing I've been texting um I actually saw them last weekend and wow. uh we did a little a little mini oil reunion show at Noah's house in New Jersey and it got yes. us thinking you know maybe there's potential for oil to get back together um and yeah we'll see I I, I think that it's uh it's potentially on the horizon I'm I'm working through it with my lawyers with my managers okay. Um, I think if we do a reunion show, we're going to have to, we're going to all stand in different rooms because we don't like to be in the same room with each other. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's that handsomeness kind of thing again. Yeah. Yeah. You can't all be, you're all also incredibly handsome. And so you can't all be together really, but. There's too much symmetry in our faces. Exactly. It's sort of like. It's a house of mirrors effect. You know how like uh, the idea of like, it's, it's unimaginable. It's un unfathomable by the human mind you look at it and you'll go insane just from looking at it yes that's kind of we can't we actually had a few lawsuits from people um who would were speaking in tongues because we were so handsome that Um, was me actually one of those lawsuits so oh i i I wanted to bring that up i'm sorry i kind of want to bury the hatchet um could you drop it i lost (laughs) <laughs> oh you lost yeah okay, good. I, I lost yeah <laughs> yeah i don't pay attention to our lawyers my lawyer deals with all that um, so granger to clarify right now are you um your your agent is going crazy right now but are you saying that oil is uh possibly up in for a reunion i can neither confirm nor deny but i did uh i will say this i i did write a song yesterday about a truck driver uh on the long haul uh road so if that gives you any inclination about wow there's a there's a possibility that there's more oil music coming down the road okay sort of like that truck driver (laughs) well all me and all the oil fans out there are just going absolutely wild because we know when granger sits down and starts a writing about the long haul road we've got a new oil song coming down yeah and and i think what's important to note here is you know this is a work in progress I'm not saying anything definitively. I don't want to. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but we're getting back together, and it's going to be the greatest band of all time. Yes, yes, yes. Fuck yeah! And then we'll oh, we'll so probably excited. we'll probably break up again, basically immediately after. But we'll see. We'll see. You guys will have one more reunion show, and then be broken up, and then you can come back on and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but that is actually so exciting. I really do love oil. Oil is the best. Yeah. We, we, we When we played music together uh, for the first time in a year or more, uh, none of us remembered any of the songs or how to play any of the instruments and or <laughs> any way, you know, we, we'd lost all of our creative juice and our, and our collaboration skills. But we're hoping to, you know, do a little training montage and get that back. Oh, um, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Again, no well, promises. But definitely, page but definitely. by page, guaranteed yeah. promise that you all are getting back together, and there will be no music, yeah. new music. Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair to say. Post haste, yeah. <laughs> um, but oh, what was I just gonna ask? Oh, well, I wanted to ask, like, so we're gonna be kind of wrapping up soon, but I wanted to know, like, so, like, where are you at right now? This has been a really hard 
time pandemic everything i mean i don't have to say but uh because everyone knows it's been like a shit time but like how are you doing and like how is how how's your life right now yeah i'm i'm actually doing okay considering i was lucky enough to be like fully vaccinated at this point um i'm at the point where now it's like inoculated and i can do things um so like i said i saw the oil boys Yes, uh, the recently, oil boys. And, and they are greasy. They, <laughs> they're greasy. They're greasy punch. And um, so that was awesome. And uh, you know, the weather's been nice, and that's getting me feeling better. And I got, I, I have a new job, which is great. And like, you know, there's, there's, there's movement happening out of the sort of pit that we've been in for the last year. Um, yes. And I will say too, like I, I've been super lucky to be at home with in a nice apartment and with a nice partner and like you know it's it's been better than it could have been which is which is great that's great well i'm glad that it's that you're in a fucking good good ass spot yeah um uh, my oh go ahead oh i no i have a i have a game i want to play with you but i want you to finish oh. your thought <laughs> no i was gonna ask you like if you were the if you were in the wheel of time what would your weapon be and what would your kind of like narrative be you know like okay. who are you are you a parent are you a matt not that you have to model I, yourself after them but like who are you i love matt cawthon he's like one of my favorite Ugh. fantasy characters of all time he's so good um that being said i feel like i would be like one of the like emmons fielders who doesn't go on the <laughs> journey and is just kind of like oh man, i used to know randall thor <laughs> i actually knew him i, I went he to actually, school with yeah, him we actually we actually went to beltine together um <laughs> yeah i feel like Bell i would time be being the springtime celebration that everyone in edmondsfields goes to and like i would also always be in edmondsfield being like guys i have such a good idea this is like what i'm gonna do i'm gonna write a book and they'd be like okay <laughs> like, like and then cool. i'd be like no 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 guys i'm gonna start i'm gonna start a new farm and it's going to be so hip and everyone's going to want to hang and they'll be like, all right, cool. It's just like idea <laughs> after idea that doesn't pan out. And meanwhile, there's like a war against the dark one happening in the background. And I'm just like, you know, you're just like, all right, my podcast idea is incredible. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good character to have. Yeah. Um, Why not? Okay. I have a game I want to play with you that I, Oh, I'm so excited. I didn't tell you about but I thought it would be kind of fun. Um, I've been okay. reading, I've been reading Lord of the Rings because I'm a real fantasy fan. Oh, fabulous. Um, and I thought we were talking about fantasy anyway. So I was, I'm on Return of the King, and the copy that I have has the like appendices in the end. Um, and I found this really fun, uh, I'm flipping to try and find it. I found a really fun family tree of the Baggins family. Oh, fabulous. And I thought I could read off some names from the Baggins family tree, and you can give them a score uh, from like F to A of your, okay. of how you grade them in terms of like how good they are <laughs> how good they are like how good their name is or just like how good they as a as a peep as a person are i guess we could do both my thought was the name but if you want to yeah, let's do the name yeah, okay. i don't i don't want to imagine their uh their yeah. life situation okay so i'll give you the i'll just give you a, a spattering okay okay so starting off the baggins family tree we have balbo baggins balbo okay i'm gonna give that a C 
plus. Can okay. I start gating now? I'm going to give that a C plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a bit of a plagiarism, but still <laughs> within the family. So, yeah. Alvo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he was married to Barilla Boffin. <laughs> okay, Barilla Boffin. That's like a solid, uh, that's a solid B plus, A minus. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip around a little bit because I don't necessarily want to go do. through all of them. I like Barilla. That's fun. Um, <laughs> Mimosa Bunts. <laughs> wow. Okay. Didn't know we were going to have an A++ in the family here. Mimosa Bunts. Yes, yep. please. All right. Um, I actually love this one. Belladonna Took. Belladonna Took. Oh, I love that. That's definitely an A. And that Bella- is... Bilbo's mother, Belladonna Took. Belladonna Took. You yeah. fool of a Took. Yeah, exactly. I, oh, I forget love that. that Mary and Pippin are like related to Frodo distantly. I, like they're all cousins. I always isn't everyone cousins in the Hobbit? Not Sam. Not, oh, not Sam. <laughs> not not Sam. Sam. He's the servant. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild how often they're like, Mr. Frodo, your servant. It's like, it just really is his I, servant, huh? That's weird. I did not realize that. I thought they were just buddies. Nope. Like, I thought they it's were just, he was purely just a business, buddy. Purely business <laughs> arrangement. Jesus. All right. Um, let's say <laughs> Togo Goodbody. <laughs> <laughs> Togo Goodbody. Yep. I love that. I, um, Togo Goodbody. I think it works better together than it does separately yeah and for that i'm gonna give it a b plus okay because okay. it works what about well together just togo togo togo's cute togo's okay. cute maybe it's a, a b what would yeah. you go ahead i would give it like a c for a human and like an a for like a dog it would be a great dog name togo, togo is a great yeah. yeah it's like toto that's beautiful yeah. but for a human eh. all right I'll, I'll give you two more here um Trying to find a good one. <laughs> Philibert Bulger. Philibert Bulger. <laughs> Philibert Bulger. That I that's gotta be an A. I think those both work independently <laughs> and together. Bulger is like aggressive. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he might be the one who goes by fatty. I think he might be uh-huh. fatty bulger. Fatty I know there's a, I know there's a fatty bulger somewhere in the world of Hobbiton. Um, <laughs> all right, last one here. <laughs> this is my personal favorite. Chica Chub. <laughs> Chica. Chica Chub. Chica Chub. <laughs> and her husband. And her husband. Bingo Baggins. <laughs> Bingo! Bingo Baggins and Chica Chubb. I'm not well, going obviously... to Yeah, I'm not going to say that Tolkien was running out of ideas, but it kind of feels like <laughs> Tolkien was running out of ideas. Why are so many of them just like the spin-offs of Bilbo? He worked like backwards. Bil- <laughs> he got Bilbo and then filled out the rest. Yeah. Well, those the Chub the Chub uh, branch of the family is definitely an A plus. Yeah. I think Ch- Ch- Chica. Chica Chub. Chica Chub, beautiful. <laughs> I, I that's great. That's also be like a good lollipop brand or something. Yeah. A Chica Chub. Yeah. Can I have a strawberry Chica Chub? 
I don't know. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's something to to work on. Anyway, thanks Um, for playing. Thanks for playing my game. (laughs) I love the game. Thanks for playing. Thanks for bringing the uh, the Hobbit or the I'm sorry, um, Frodo's family tree. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think that this has a lot of franchise potential too. So this is something that I'm in the talks with the the game show network about um, potentially expanding into. You got a lot of TV irons in the fire. Well, there's there's sort of um, I'm gonna say there's murmurings about oil coming back, so I think people are trying to capitalize on that. You know, that yes, wave of excitement right. about the the Granger Wilson brand. I think it's uh, it's really blowing up. It's blowing up, and and yeah, by the time this comes out, it's already going to be eclipsed by Growing Up Granger, and Granger has a bunch of small towns <laughs> that he goes to. I, yeah, it, I think it's a working title. Work it's a work title. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, actually I'm actually going on uh, I'm going on the Howard Stern show right after this, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm actually giving all of these exclusives, and I think they probably are gonna go live. So, unfortunately, this yeah. is not an exclusive anymore. But, well, it was exclusive for me in my experience. <laughs> yeah, so you I found out there's very... a you found out there's a Wheel of Time show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with me because that makes me incredibly excited. Yeah, watch. Um, there's like not a trailer, but there's like clips. I'll send you on Twitter. There's some. Uh, oh. there's some clips you can watch. Please do. That sounds fucking awesome. And it makes me want to go back and read my Wheel of Time book now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so our time has come to an end, unfortunately. Man. But I... <laughs> you look Dang. very serious. I know. Man, that sucks. I know. Isn't that a bummer? That sucks. I, I, Granger, it has been such an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I agree. I, it always is. It's just always such a pleasure. Yeah. We'll do this again soon and not record it, and then we'll really get juicy. Then we'll get then we'll get into the juicy, the gossip, the 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 what's going on. I don't know. There's no gossip. It's probably just going to be more of the talking about book titles. <laughs> yeah, probably talking about like <laughs> real estate prices and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the people really want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but seriously, thank you so much for coming on Granger. And is there anything that you want to plug or tell the people about? Uh, let's Besides see. Oil? I thought about this. Uh, I yep. want to plug my friend Noah, who is also in oil, has a new music project happening called Wormy. Um, yes! And you can follow him on Spotify and on Instagram. I'm tr- I'm going to try and find his tag really quickly because I heard one of his uh, his uh, singles last night and it's fantastic. So I want to plug uh, that. His, Noah's his, so talented. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, his Instagram is Noah wormy raukwerk r-a-u-c-h-w-e-r-k um and then i also want to plug uh my uh my girlfriend cheyenne has a uh a booming uh food photography business slash brand called max and co photo um and i don't know that any of your listeners are necessarily like restaurant managers or like packaged good managers or whatever but if you're looking for a food photographer and a great food stylist, check them out. Uh, and oh, if you just want to look at some good food photos, I have nothing to plug personally, but I'll just plug <laughs> those too. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Those are two fabulous things to plug. Yeah. And and I, I I personally endorse both of those things. Absolutely. Amazing. I appreciate it. Um, but uh, I appreciate that, that shining stamp of endorsement. Um, but no, seriously. Um, anyway, so thanks so much for being here. And it's been such a pleasure. And I hope to have you back soon. 
I'm going to do a Mwah! and blow a kiss. Mwah! Mwah! Well, this has been Page by Page, everybody, and we will see you soon.